0: Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith.
1: And I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Rebecca Ibarra. It's Monday, June 6th, and we're bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. The White House is announcing today a two-year suspension on new tariffs for solar panel products made in four Southeast Asian countries. It's good news for solar energy companies whose stocks have gone up since the news broke. The administration will also invoke the Defense Production Act to help jumpstart solar panel manufacturing here in the U.S. High school
0: graduation parties in South Carolina and Texas. Outside bars in Tennessee and Arizona, on busy commercial streets in Philadelphia and Phoenix, 11 people were reportedly killed by gun violence over the weekend, and more than 50 were injured in mass shootings across several U.S. cities. Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly pretty much summed it up at a press conference. I'm tired of standing in front of you talking about guns and bodies.
1: California has become the first state in the nation to authorize fully driverless taxis, but only in San Francisco for now. The city has allowed a number of autonomous car tests recently, but now GM's line of robo-taxis called Cruise can begin operating commercially. The cars won't be given free rein, though. A limit of 30 taxis will be authorized at first, and they can only drive between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. when there's no heavy rain or fog, and only in less congested areas of the city.
0: The world's biggest four-day workweek trial has begun. Over 3,000 lucky employees from over 70 companies in the UK have partnered with a think tank that focuses on bettering the mental health of workers with four-day work weeks. All participants will work one day less per week and their pay will not be cut. The pilot program will last six months to see if
1: productivity remains the same. A new quarter coin is out today. It honors Wilma Mankiller, the first woman to lead an American Indian tribe.
0: See you It's a great day in the Cherokee Nation.
1: At a ceremony in Oklahoma, Mankiller's daughter, Felicia Aloya quoted her mother's thoughts about those who step up.
0: They are the people who care about others, who will extend a helping hand to someone in need, or will speak up about an injustice that they see.
1: We'd love to hear from you with any of your thoughts you have about the show. Write us at the refresh at insider.com. Coming up, maybe you've heard a master's degree is the new bachelor's. We're going to talk with one expert about why many of those master's programs really don't pay off in the end.
0: The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. Webex enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Calendly, Gong, and HubSpot. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. Webex, working for everyone. A small trial of a new cancer drug has returned some stunning results all of the patients are now in complete remission. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, the trial involved 18 subjects with rectal cancer. All took a drug known as a checkpoint inhibitor, which improves the body's ability to target cancer cells. And now, all 18 are
1: currently cancer-free with no major side effects. A retired geologist has been sentenced to 15 years in prison after attempting to take ancient artifacts from Iraq to the UK. The AP says the 66-year-old was found with a dozen pottery shards in his bag after an archaeological tour. He says he wasn't aware of local laws, but the Iraqi court was unmoved. His lawyer says he will appeal the sentence.
0: A group of gun enthusiasts in Texas is asking for gun reform. They signed an open letter published in the Dallas Morning News asking for expanded background checks and raising the age of purchase to 21. Over 200 Republican donors, including some who contributed to Governor Greg Abbott, have signed the letter, and they say they support Texas Senator John Cornyn, who is leading bipartisan gun reform in Congress.
1: The American Lifeguard Association says a lifeguard shortage is causing about a third of pools across the country to cut back on hours or close entirely. According to NPR, the pandemic meant fewer people were certified and it could be another year or so before there are enough lifeguards back at their posts. Tom Cruise had another great weekend at the box
0: office. Top Gun Maverick scored big for its second week in theaters, proving fans still love the action star and are interested in the sequel 35 years in the making. At the other end of the box office, Sony re-released Jared Leto's Morbius, a Spider-Man spinoff. The thinking was, viral memes about how bad it was might lure people back to see it as a joke. It didn't work. The movie tanked again.
1: You've probably heard that a master's degree is the new bachelors, especially if you're a millennial or Gen Z. And if you pursue a higher degree, you expect that you'll earn more money in your lifetime. But for many fields, that's not the case. And combined with crippling student loan debt, many master's holders end up worse off. James Murphy, a higher education policy analyst, is here to tell us why master's degrees are a scam.
2: The idea is that if you want a job that will pay you well and earn you prestige, it's not enough to get a bachelor's anymore, right? So is this even true? If you look at master's degrees from a really wide lens, it sure looks like it. The median income of somebody who earns a master's degree is going to be about 20% higher than somebody with a bachelor's degree. Which, you know, yes, please, right? If I could earn 20% more, like, why would I not do this? The problems start appearing though when we start looking a little bit more closely.
1: Yeah, you actually wrote a little bit about the fact that some degrees, like law school or med school or dentistry, those actually do pay off in your lifetime earnings. But there were other ones that were like
2: big gaps. I was really surprised, particularly by MBAs. The, The degrees that tend to pay off tend to be in STEM fields. So you think of things like engineering, computer science, and nursing. The degrees that tend not to pay off, however, are in fields like the humanities, the arts in particular, theology, and most strikingly of all, business degrees. About 60% of MBAs actually get a negative return on investment from those degrees. It's not even a question of like, does the degree pay for itself? It's that you actually end up in many of these fields making less probably because you're being funneled then into jobs that you think like, well, I have a master's degree in English or a PhD in English. And you, you head for uh, a career that you will very likely end up making less than say if you are just said, well, I have an English degree and I can write and let me go work for, you know, in communications for a large corporation or something like that.
1: That's fascinating <laughs> and a little terrifying. But what's the harm in this? I mean, what is the downside? Say somebody just wants to get that master's degree.
2: So the downside I think is, debt. People who get a master's degree tend to borrow much more frequently than people who get a bachelor's degree. And debt really gets us then into, I think, the, the actual, like, scam part of all of this. Um, because there's a reason students take on so much more debt. And the difference at, in master's schools is that when you get a loan for for a master's degree or any graduate degree, the, the loans are, are essentially uncapped. You can borrow as much as you need The problem is that uncapped money is something that colleges then looked at and said, oh, we want that. Look at that. Somebody just opened a fire hydrant and there's all this cash coming out of it. So over the past decade, 9,000 new master's programs have been created by colleges.
1: If someone's thinking about going to grad school, is there any easy way to tell what might benefit in the long run? Any transparency here at all?
2: I think transparency only goes so far, right? People just feel like, I really want a master's degree. So I think another question that anybody considering a master's degree has to ask themselves is, why am I doing this? If you think you should get a master's degree because other people have told you that a master's degree is a new bachelor's, please don't get a master's degree. If you're going to get a master's degree, you should say, I want to get a master's degree to earn this skill, that skill, and this skill. I want to graduate with the ability to do two things that I couldn't do otherwise. And if one of those things is get a better job, then no, you're, you, you haven't done enough research.
1: Uh, James, one of the things you wrote about is that this disproportionately affects women and people of color who often are the folks that are sort of most convinced that in the job market that they should get a master's degree. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, that's an incredibly important component of all of this. And and I think a reason why we absolutely don't want to blame students alone for getting a master's degree. We don't want to say like, well, this is your choice um, to go $70,000 in debt and, and therefore it's your problem and your responsibility. I think we have a shared responsibility for this. The majority of people getting a master's degree are women. And the reason many women and the reason many people of color go into a master's program is because there's a wage gap. Women earn less than men do, um, and people of color earn less than white people do. So a master's degree seems like a good way to cover that wage gap. And it might even do that, right? You might even get the master's degree, come out and get a job that pays more, but then you've got $100,000 in debt many people who get a master's degree do indeed think that it's worth investment. But we do have to reckon with the fact that this is hitting, again, women and people of color more than anybody else.
1: James, thank you so much for joining us on The Refresh. James Murphy is a policy analyst and writer.